0: You've survived another week. Thank you for listening, downloading, and supporting The Black Man with a Gun Show. You know, I've been podcasting since 2007, and I decided this week to take a listen to my own stuff. I went back to March 15th, 2012. And the episode had some stuff in it that I thought I wanted to share with you again. It's a rewind. We're going to talk about American history, some Irish history, something I wrote called I think I shot a leprechaun. MJ Woodland answers a reader's question. Back in the past, we had Anthony Gun for hire Calandro on stopping the flinch. And I got some life lessons in this episode, too, from back then, about flinching and fear. going to share some upcoming projects with you. And I'm getting into reloading, because I got a new sponsor, too. Yeah. Happy St. Patrick's Day to you. All this and more. Coming up next on your favorite righteous podcast, The Black Man with a Gun Show. This is how we rolled back in 2012. Where? Right over there. Second table from the left. See it? I see a
1: black man with a gun. Oh, it's all good. That's the Urban Shooter. He's an advocate for self-defense, legal gun ownership, and personal responsibility. Excuse me while I whip this out. It's the Urban Shooter, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Well, not every time. You're locked on to the Urban Shooter Broadcast. Ken Blanchard founded the 10th Cavalry Gun Club, a national pro-gun organization for African-Americans and works around the country to promote safe and responsible firearms ownership. Ken was involved in concealed firearms carry reforms in Texas, South Carolina, Michigan, and Wisconsin and testified in the U.S. Congress against bills or acts designed to prevent law-abiding Americans from legal firearm ownership or concealed carry. Ken Blanchard has been featured on radio and television shows across the United States and Europe, as well as documentaries and movies. Ken has also been featured in the Wall Street Journal, The Washington Post, and now the urban shooter himself,
0: Ken Blanchard. One of the things you notice is I kept going back and forth between the black man with the gun and the urban shooter back in the day. But let's get back to it. After John Wayne leads us in the Pledge of Allegiance.
1: I pledge allegiance To the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty
0: and justice for all. All right. Welcome to another episode of the Urban Shooter Podcast, the gun podcast with tips for your life, the pro gun variety show. I'm Ken Blanchard, a Christian pastor of a Baptist church in Washington, D.C. For those that have been listening to me for a while, you know I have not been the happiest pastor there. Well, last week, after some counseling with a man I respect who is a senior pastor, I feel a whole lot better. He actually told me something that makes perfect sense to me now. I can get real self-critical. I internalize a lot. He said there will always be grief in the church. And I was expecting him to say something like, You know, what you hear all the time, because it had people in it and stuff like that. But that's not what he said. He told me that the church will always have issues because of its very spiritual nature of what it does. It is in direct opposition to Satan. It was created to be at the gates of hell. He said, as soon as you fix one problem, another arises. Expect it. And he was celebrating his 35th year as a pastor. And he called it a splendid misery. Ain't that something? To be called as a pastor is different than in the call of ministry. And it's not for the weak or the faint at heart. I do have the stones to continue. But I didn't think I had to work as hard. And I was kind of hoping my time was up at this spot. But it doesn't look like it. So I will wait on the Lord. And yeah, I know I'm different. I'm a deeply spiritual person, and it's not a crutch, a scam, or a gimmick. I know this God stuff is real because of how I am right now. And before I got to the state where I am, I was, like I said, a little different. Not so different as, you know, one of the guys, but I'm talking different as in I've done some stuff in my life. But I survived, and surviving kind of alters you. Without God, I would have been in prison or dead by now. He saved me. And I don't do a great job of impressing my friends that he is, but I understand more than I can explain. So, I embrace God like Yoda does the Force. He is my Force. And I am becoming a master Jedi of faith. So, combined with all this gun stuff, activism, jokes, blues, singing, motorcycle riding, stuff folks think matters... To disqualify you as holy, I look and sound odd. I am odd, but I am also free. I'm odd and alive. I'm odd with friends like you, and it's pretty cool. My God is real. What you believe or don't won't make me not like you. I don't have a hell to put you in or a heaven to keep you out of. The judgment comes from above my pay grade. I am just a servant of the Most High, and if He let me in, I know you're good to go. I'm just hoping that I can get you in too, that's all. Hoping my living example helps you a little bit. Hoping our relationship is more than just a notion. It's funny listening to that story uh, about the church and the pastor thing, because in 2013, I resigned. I got the permission to leave, and I did. It took me a while to get over some of that stuff. But the lessons are still real. Thank you so much for being with me all this time. If this is the first time you've heard it, Hey, welcome to the family. First off this week, I want to thank all those who support us through Patreon.com. That's Patreon.com forward slash Black Man with a Gun. Um, you are helping me. About to go through some major changes here in this podcast and with my blog. And I'll tell you about that at the end of the show. I'm really excited about it, actually, and nervous at the same time. Last night, I got up at about 1.30 in the morning. And I couldn't sleep for a couple of hours knowing I had to get up at around five. But I was excited because I got some inspiration. And I'm going to be doing some stuff here shortly. I'm also going to just go ahead and tell you. Um, I got an app that's coming for this podcast and for this blog working on that. I got a brand new sponsor. Yes, I do. I'm going to be getting into reloading because of it. And uh, what else can I tell you? I'm going to start doing what I did almost a decade ago. And that was firearms training and gun rights activism speaking more, hyped up more, different way. I'm going to trying to get a nonprofit started. And we're going to go at it hardcore. Details to come, but keep me in prayer for those who pray. Going to try to infuse um, the old episode and the new stuff just to keep it flowing. Michael J. Woodland is up next. Michael, you ready?
2: Thank you, Ken. And welcome to another tip segment. I am Michael Woodland of M-W Tactical.com. And today we're going to discuss a question from the audience. Last week. I had the pleasure and opportunity to hold a conversation on Facebook via the M-W tactical page with a longtime listener of the Black Man with the Gun podcast. Aaron Holtzclaw of Little Creek, California, asked me a few questions, and I told him I would answer his questions on this week's show. So here we go. Aaron went on to express that he has a Glock 19 in which he upgraded the extended magazine release, extended slot lock, finger extender on his backup mags, and he further went on to ask me about putting the Punisher logo on firearms. Before I begin, please understand that these are my views and opinions, and no one or entity paid me to say anything positive or negative about the products I'm about to discuss. The extended magazine release is a plus that makes changing the magazine easier. I run an extended magazine release on the handguns that are used for competition matches also. The benefit for me is that, I do not have to rotate the handgun in my hand to make this release as done prior to having it installed. This was a technique I did because there were times when my thumb would not catch the release and it would slow me down. Like you, I have big hands, but do find the magazine release a plus for functionality and ease when changing the magazine. Now, you will have to check the laws in your area to ensure this enhancement cannot be used against you in the event you have done this upgrade to your concealed carry firearm. As far as having the extended slot lock, the Glock is a little bit more streamlined. Remember, I am more accustomed to the Smith & Wesson M&P line, but I do understand what your struggle is with larger hands. With you having larger hands, Aaron, I do not think you need an extended slot lock unless there is some form of disfigurement that will call for this enhancement. Like you, my hands are long and large, but in the same sense, by my hands being larger, there was never an impediment on using the stock slide lock, even when shooting my friend's Glock 43. Again, I feel that anything that can enhance the functionality of a firearm is a plus, but for combat and competition reasons only. By you having the larger palm print on the grip of your firearm, I can understand and fully support with the finger extender on the backup magazines. This is why I say it. If you are not comfortable when you shoot, for one, you are picking up bad habits, And two, this is something that can be used against you in the event if something goes wrong. For example, shooting an innocent bystander in the worst-case scenario. Obviously, having a gun in your hand that fits in your hand only makes sense, right? To be on the safe side, you have to check the laws in your area to see if this is acceptable, where you will not face any criminal prosecution for being considered an enhancement that will give you an advantage. The state of California has a stricter stance on the guns compared to other states. Now, putting artwork on the firearm is a touchy subject for some people, and I do understand why. Please do not let this deter your intent for getting any artwork of any kind on your firearm. I have been contemplating getting some artwork on some of my firearms. On my AR rifle, I am still making a decision of either getting an American flag or my company logo on the magazine well. The same thing for my handguns that are used for competition. There is some artwork out there that is really good and has me in awe of laser engraving. But you specifically asked about the Punisher logo. In my opinion, I think it is a bad idea. Understand in the event that you happen to defend yourself, property, and or your family with that gun, it will be taken into evidence and ran through a series of tests. Other things they will be looking at is anything on the outer appearance that is not from the factory, such as artwork. Now, remember, if you happen to go to court for the use of your firearm, whether in self-defense or just simple carelessness, the prosecutor could use the Punisher logo, regardless of how gentle your character may be, to paint the picture of you trying to live the life of the comic book vigilante who is looking for some form of action with his firearm. Again, If you are altering a competition gun or a novelty gun, go forth with the enhancements. But if you are doing any enhancements to your personal carry, I do not recommend this at all. The scrutiny you will face even if you are in a gun-friendly community can be costly and ruin your image to the community you are a part of. Take the time to get familiar with certain laws in your area and state where firearms are concerned. If they are confusing, contact your sheriff's office or a lawyer that specializes in matters of self-defense to get clarity. Aaron, thank you for the conversation and asking the question. You will be receiving a shirt from my sponsor, Grunt Stomp, and a patch from M-W Tactical. It was a pleasure talking with you, and I hope we can talk more in the future. If you have a question or just want to talk to me, do like Aaron and contact me via Facebook on the M-W Tactical page. I guarantee, if you write me, I will respond back. Tune in next week as we tackle another area of marksmanship for another tip segment. Visit us on Facebook by searching for M-W Tactical in the search bar on Twitter at MJ Woodland and Instagram screen name MJ Woodland. Let us know what questions you may have. If you would like for me to come out to your area and teach the techniques I talk about on this show, visit us at m-wtactical.com and look at our course description and send us a note from the Contact Us page or call me at 803-250-1256 and tell me what you are seeking to do and let's get you and your group trained. Until next week, keep shooting, keep practicing, and have fun. Back to you, Ken. Thanks, Michael. Good job, sir.
0: Hey, next up, anticipating recoil. Most of what we do, both in shooting and in life, is because of fear. Think about it. We do a lot of perception and not on what really happens. How we respond to news, actual stimuli or circumstances is learned, if you think about it. Now, except for drowning or falling, almost everything else we makes us flinch is learned. Especially those who fear guns. Well, not you, but the rest of these jabronis. When you flinch at the range, or not you again, but the other folks, it's because your mind has amplified the actual image and sound of the bullet leaving the barrel into something huge. You know, like in the movies. The flame that comes out is going to set your target on fire. Woo, nearly. It's that flinch that keeps us down. Now, we don't move because of fear of the unknown. We don't make new friends because of our natural fear of strangers. We stay in misery sometimes because it's the mess we're most familiar with. Now, can I get an amen, somebody? Well, here's the gun news or the good news: you can desensitize and uncondition yourself with training and exposure. A lot of what we do is anticipation of the recoil. I got gunforhireradio.com. Gun for hire guy numero uno the big cheese himself new jersey's most audacious trainer anthony big cojones calandro to give us some tips for flinching
1: yes anthony gun for hire calandro here chiming in on how best to uh get rid of a flinch when you're shooting uh single most uh biggest error that new shooters make is flinching when they squeeze the trigger which is anticipating the recoil uh, one of the best exercises for this would be to dry fire your gun so make sure your firearm is empty there's no ammunition in the room keep the gun pointed in a safe direction a revolver is really good for this where you would squeeze the trigger go through all the motions and let it fire obviously with nothing in the chamber and keep doing that to practice perfect trigger control after you've done that a couple of hundred times to burn it into your brain that nothing's going to happen when you squeeze the trigger because obviously the human body is not used to holding something at arm's length and have it explode violently. What I recommend next is going to the range and doing what's known as ball and dummy or dummy loading the gun. A revolver would be very simple. Take a six-shot revolver, put three or four live rounds in and two or three spent casings, spin the cylinder and close it, and start firing very slowly. And when you're on the dead cylinder, you'll see if you're flinching or not. Now, the way to do this with a semi-auto is to have a partner go with you, have a few extra magazines for your semi-auto, and buy yourself some snap caps. A-Zoom is a great company that makes uh, little aluminum snap caps. And your buddy should load your magazines with like a live round, a snap cap, two live rounds, a snap cap. And what you should do is you load the magazine without looking at it. And what will happen is you'll fire on a live round. It'll eject it. It'll cycle a snap cap, and you'll squeeze the trigger, and you'll see if you're flinching or not. These two exercises should be practiced over and over again until you finally train the brain that nothing is going to happen when you squeeze the trigger. The goal is to make the finger like an on-off switch so that you just click and fire, and the bullet goes right where you will it to go. I hope that helps, and if anybody has any other questions, please do not hesitate. Ken, have a blessed day, and shalom also. Bye.
0: Now, you might not know it, but Anthony Calandro has probably lost, I don't know, 200 pounds, maybe? The dude is buff. So, since then, there's been some changes up in New Jersey, and my brother is doing really, really well. He's got a new range since uh, this podcast first aired in March 15th of 2012. Check out GunForHire.com when you get a chance. He is doing some stuff up in the Northeast. Hey, do you celebrate St. Patrick's Day? always reminds me of wearing something green. You know, trying to avoid getting pinched. When I secretly, I like getting pinched by ladies. Green. Oh yeah, it reminds me of LuckyGunner.com. And New York City. Green beer. And the IRA that used to blow stuff up when I lived in London. Here's some facts and some trivia that might surprise even the most devoted of St. Patrick's Day's revelers. Despite St. Patrick being alive centuries earlier, St. Patrick's Day celebrations didn't begin until 1737. St. Patrick angered the Celtic Druids many times by converting pagans to Christianity, and the Druids put him in jail on numerous occasions. Green is not the official color affiliated with St. Patrick. It's really blue. However, green became a familiar hue during the 19th century, more for being associated with the magic of Irish legends than St. Patrick himself. The three-leaf shamrock has more historical significance with regards to St. Patrick's Day than a four-leaf clover. And that's because the three leaves were believed to be used by St. Patrick to explain the Christian doctrine of the Holy Trinity, where God exists as three persons. For 67 years, St. Patrick's Day was a dry holiday in Ireland. James O'Mara, a member of Irish Parliament, introduced a bill in 1903 that made St. Patrick's Day a religious holiday in the country. Therefore, local pubs were obligated to close, and that law was overturned in 1970. Contrary to popular belief, Ireland does not top the list with respect to showing Irish pride. New York City boasts the largest parade honoring the holiday and Irish heritage. See, bet you didn't know some of that. But I got some real good history for you right now. Did you know that from 1660 to 1700, that a large amount of Irish people were abused and sent to die by the English? They were enslaved and forced to the Caribbean and ultimately North America. These Irish people became endangered servants and slaves that nobody talks about. They were called the surplus poor, later known to us as poor white. They ultimately became the overseers and the slave catchers during the African slave trade. They also passed on their DNA to many African Americans today through good and bad practices. I was trying to study this Irish slave thing and wondered why I never heard it before. So if you have or confirm it or say any of this stuff is a lie, let me know. I know like all groups in the U.S., you catch hell in the beginning. I actually found out that the word "paddy" is a racial slur for the Irish, even though a lot of people use it. For some reason, derogatory crap seems to live longer than the people. Well, happy St. Patrick's Day, my Irish brother. And if you see a wee man with a tall hat doing mischief this weekend, kick that son of a blarney stone, will you? Hey, I got a story about about that actually, but I'll get to that after this. Hey, did you know about evacuation day? Yeah, evacuation day, not when you go to the bathroom or not when you got to run out because it's a bomb. It's usually on the same day, well, this year, it's on the same day as St. Patrick's Day. It was the first major American military victory in the American Revolution in 1776. I guess you have to be from Boston to know it or be a history buff. Or even to know that George Washington, General George Washington, was in it. Ain't that something? Well, that's your Irish history for this week on the Urban Shooter Podcast. Is the cost of ammo bringing you down? Are you ready to have fun with your firearm again? If you need ammo, your friend and brother from a different mother has the answer. LuckyGunner.com Good prices. LuckyGunner.com If your time is valuable, LuckyGunner.com. Order your ammo today. LuckyGunner.com. Where you won't waste your time and the shipping is fast. It's 110% guaranteed. LuckyGunner.com. Next up, I think I shot, no, I know, I shot a leprechaun. I was walking the dog. Well, the dog was loose. Running circles around me, actually. But keeping a watchful eye out for me, I'm sure. I love that dog. She's a Doberman mix that I got from the animal shelter a few years ago. Best dog I ever had. Anyway, I got tired of walking around the block. So I thought because the weather is so nice, I mean, it's really nice right now. I let her go into the woods behind my house. Since it was like too early for tick season... Well, I hope, and nobody's ever back there, so off we went. After a few minutes, we covered a lot of terrain, actually. I couldn't see my house anymore, and I think I was deep in the back of some neverland between the railroad properties and residential stuff. After a few moments, though, my dog starts barking. Now I figured she'd run into a deer, and that deer would have go who knows where, but and she'd be hot behind it in hot pursuit, but it didn't happen. I kept walking, and I could tell that she wasn't running either. Wherever she was, her barking had intensified like it does when somebody is walking past the house. I just hope it wasn't some rabid animal. And I was glad I had my crossbreed holster, super tuck, and my pistol with a magazine of 40 Smith & Wesson on my side. Now, I had to bend low, to get into the thick brush where my dog was. I heard her, but I saw him first. He was short. Really short. He was the strangest looking person I think I've ever seen in my life. I wanted to think it was a doll until he turned and looked at me. He was wearing a green outfit with a matching bowler and he had red leathery weathered skin. He had a fiery red beard, like Abe Lincoln or one of those little Amish dudes at the market. And he creeped me out. He couldn't be real. His eyes were dull gray, lifeless orbs, like dead fish you see in a grocery store. Did I say he creeped me out? He was holding a gnarly stick with a sharp point at one end, protecting himself from my dog. My dog locked eyes on him and froze. Something wasn't right. This was some weird horror movie crap, and the brother always dies. Well, homie ain't going out like that. I moved slowly to my dog and took the leash up that I had around my neck and clicked the fastener to her collar to pull her away. We're going to just ease out of this situation and pretend like it never happened. The little man, with his back up against this weird-looking tree that had a hole going through it, didn't move. The three of us just stood there for a second but it felt like forever. But you know what? I stopped hearing the birds and the wind a long time ago. It was deathly quiet. Her trance broke when she felt the leash and my presence on her side. As we backed away the little man jumped up and hit my dog first with his stick. She lowered her head and slipped right out of the collar and left all of us in the woods. She was gone. In a second, she was heading back home. Now, ain't that something? Save a dog from the pound, and look what you get. Abandonment. Well, like a ninja. The little man twirled a stick to the point of the end and jabbed me in the thigh. Now, the pain made me jump back, and I lost my balance. Now, he missed me on the second swing he made. But in my movement, I drew my weapon and fired three times at this little evil elf. Now landing landed on my butt, rolled, and got up ready to put some more lead at this malevolent munchkin. I was still fixated on what I had just done and curiously watched him. The 40 cow had hit him high in the chest and slammed him against that tree that he was in front of. Black liquid oozed down the tree where his body had hit. And as he sat there, and we kind of both just stared at each other, I watched his body and clothing dissolve into gray ash. Yeah, man, I don't believe this crap either. I need a picture. I grabbed my iPhone to take a photo, but my phone was missing. But there it was. It was laying in a pile of leaves where I had slipped. In the background, I could hear my dog barking, and that kind of woke me out of my funk. I holstered my pistol, picked up my phone, and ran out of the woods to the sound of my dog, waiting for me back near our gate. Man, that was some strange crap. Wonder if the police had been called because I had discharged the pistol. You know what? I think I shot a leprechaun. Being an armed citizen means having a gun with you all the time. Carrying a firearm every day requires a holster that is both concealable and comfortable. Whether you choose our Super Tuck Deluxe or Mini Tuck, you'll have the confidence that comes from being discreetly and comfortably armed, prepared to face unforeseen dangers. Crossbreed holsters are handmade in the USA, come with a lifetime warranty, and a two week try it free guarantee. Order your holster today at CrossbreedHolsters.com. All right, a couple of weeks ago, episode 464 talked about reloading and modifying your gun. And um, I got a chance to talk to a great guy here in Maryland named Jeremy Tolliver. And Jeremy was telling us all the benefits of reloading. And I got a book from uh, good old Dylan Precision called The Lyman Reloading Handbook, the 49th edition. And I started reading this thing. And aside from learning that this is something that you don't fool around with, this is some serious stuff, I kind of got into it. And I realized early, I need to learn more before I get started. And uh, aside from reloading being cool, you can increase your accuracy if you're going to shoot competitively. You can can do, do so much stuff. I mean, just save money too after you get going and you're going to shoot more, all that good stuff. I started reading this book. I started pulling out stuff. And I realized there is a whole lot to reloading, you can't just say it in one show. And I had a really good conversation with the folks at um, Dylan Precision. And you know what happened? They are now sponsors of this show. This portion of the show has been sponsored by Dylan Precision Reloaders, reloading equipment, bullet reloading, and bullet reloaders. Check out DylanPrecision.com. I came home the other day, I got a uh, RL-550 machine sitting on the porch, along with a whole bunch of stuff. My wife goes, what you ordered this time? And I said, I didn't order anything. It's all a gift. She was like, it's 23 boxes out here. And I was like, yeah. Who's it from? Scottsdale, Arizona. I know some cool people in Arizona. Oh, look, Dylan Precision. Oh, wow. So, guess who's going to be reloading in a big-time way? Yours truly. But now I got to fix my office, get a bench or a table to set all this stuff up, and I'll probably be calling on Jeremy to, to give me some one-on-one. And then I'm going to record this whole journey, The Adventures of Reloading. So I can share with you because it's just too cool for school. If you're in the reloading and you want to help a brother out, please, please, please send me all the tips you can. Uh, constant stream of them. I will collect them. I'll put them to the side. I will learn from you. Um, I got a couple of dyes, uh for just about everything. I think I got uh, 223, 38, 9 mil, 357. 10 and 40, Smith & Wesson. Whoop, whoop. We're going to be a bullet-making mug. My wife goes, you can make bullets? And I was like, yeah. You know how? And I went, no. She was like, why'd you buy that stuff? Obviously, she was trying to trick me. I said, I did not buy it. It was gifted to me. My sponsors sent it to me. And she was like, oh. My wife is a trained interrogator. That's a whole other story. I won't even get into it. And that's all I have to say about that. Indeed. Well, I think that's about it for this week. going to cut this one short, but I do got some good stuff in here, I thought. There's a recap from four years ago, history of St. Patrick's Day, some stuff about evacuation day, some stuff about, uh, I think I put that in there. Yeah. Michael J. Willen's piece, about modifying your firearm, and that your friend and brother from another mother is going to get into reloading. Now that he is now sponsored by Dylan Precision. Also heard from Anthony Hire Calandro out of Hire, New Jersey, who now has a new range, a new outlook on life, and is a lot lighter, healthier, stronger, and better than ever before. Big ups to you, Anthony. Thank you, man, for being an inspiration. Direct from our newsroom in Washington, in color. How about some armed citizen stories before we go? It happened in Tyler, Texas. Licensed handgun carrier stops the robbery. Tyler Police Department responded to a report of a robbery about 8 p.m. outside the Family Dollar Store. Officers met two victims who said they had come to the store to purchase a dog after seeing the advertisement on social media. When they arrived, they were met by a single black male who led them around the building to make the transaction. As they turned the corner, they were confronted with several more black men who yelled at them to get on the ground. The victims believed one of the suspects pointed a handgun at them, but could not be certain due to the lighting conditions. One of the victims, who has a valid Texas handgun license, drew his weapon and pointed it at the suspects. The suspects fled, and the victims went inside the store and asked the employees to call the police. No one was injured in the incident, and no property was taken from the victims. Police are still searching for the suspects happened in Texas just a couple of days ago. In Miami, homeowner shoots and kills a burglar in Davie, Florida. An off-duty Miramar police officer shot and killed a burglar who was trying to break into Officer Davie's home early Wednesday, authorities said. The incident happened in Gauntlet Hall Lane shortly after 6 a.m., Davie police said. According to the Broward Police Benevolent Association, President Jeff Marino, the officer, was woken up by the sound of broken glass. He confronted the burglar outside the home, and that's when the shooting happened, Marino said. The officer, 39-year-old Tate Thomas, told authorities he feared for his life and was forced to fire. No one else was injured. Police said there was an attempted burglary at another home a few blocks away moments before the shooting. The victim of the first burglary, Pat Goodson, said she heard someone trying to open the screen door of her back patio. He couldn't get it open, so he cut the screen, put his hand in, and unlocked it, Goodson said. So at that point, I got up because I have a sensor light, a big one. It's unknown if the burglaries are connected. The name of the suspect wasn't released. Officials said they have been investigating other burglaries in the area. Thomas has been with the Miramar Police Department since 2007. Police said it appears to be self-defense, but the shooting remains under investigation. Now, one thing that you want to remember, this is not written here is that once you leave your house, it's a different dynamic. You can get charged with assault. You can get charged with something other than defending your life. The fact that this guy was a police officer may change some things. Your mileage may vary. Know the laws, whether you are in a stand-your-ground area or not. Got another story here where a homeowner shoots at a burglar in suburban Boca Raton. Homeowner opened fire after waking up to a burglar inside his West Boca Raton home. The Palm Beach County Sheriff's Office responded to Spanish Isles Drive in suburban Boca Raton about 12:30 a.m. Wednesday. Deputies said David Capatelli shot at a man inside his home. Investigators say four shots were fired. Capitelli says, if I had been standing exactly where I was to lean down and pick up my weapon, I would not have had one. One of the bullets hit the tile floor in Capitelli's home. He thinks some fragments hit his ankle. Capitelli calls deputies after the shooting, but couldn't give them much. He thinks the man climbed through a window that was left unlocked. Since Capitelli was half awake when the shooting happened, he didn't get a good look at the man. But he's sure of one thing. Quote, I was thinking they were a lot bigger than me, and they were probably dangerous if they got their hands on me. As crime scene text worked, Capitelli noticed the burglar got away with prescription pills, money, and a special ring from the Normandy invasion during World War II that he had. After firing at the burglar, Capitelli said the man ran toward the sidewalk and took off. And we got another one from Apple Valley in California. An Apple Valley homeowner, identified as an off-duty police officer, shot and killed a robbery suspect Wednesday. There's a trend here, isn't it? An investigation is underway in Oakcoa Road in San Bernardino County Sheriff's Department said. The police officer works for the Fontana Police Department and was placed on paid leave pending the investigation. The Sheriff's Department received a call about a robbery in progress about 5.39 a.m. The homeowner said he woke up to find an armed suspect in his home attempting to steal his property. After a brief struggle, the homeowner had the suspect at gunpoint, but the suspect refused to comply with repeated commands to show his hands and lay on the ground, officials said in a news release. When the suspect reached into his waistband, the homeowner opened fire. A neighbor said the confrontation did not happen inside the home. He did wake up, and he found some stuff missing. He actually confronted the guy that broke in, He was pushing his motorcycle, said neighbor Jamie Valenzuela. I guess he got him to go back in the house and return his motorcycle. On the way back, he noticed that he had his other gun. Another neighbor says she heard the homeowner shout, Stay down. Don't make me do it. Then she heard gunshots. Paramedics responded to the scene and transported the suspect to an area hospital where he was declared dead. It was the second time this week that a suspect targeted the home of a law enforcement officer. On Tuesday, an off-duty LAPD officer awoke to find burglars in his San Gabriel home. He opened fire, wounding two suspects. Hmm. What do you think about this case? You got the witnesses, neighbors, personal accounts. The facts are in there somewhere. One another one? Let's go to Fayetteville. Suspect shot during attempted armed robbery at a Fayetteville house. A suspect was shot while attempting an armed robbery Tuesday in the 1600 block of Eureka Avenue in Fayetteville, according to the Cumberland County Sheriff's Office. Deputies say a man, Billy Taylor, called 911 after an unknown black man came into the house with a gun and told Taylor to get on the floor. Robert McLaughlin, Taylor's brother, heard the commotion, and came out of his bedroom, according to authorities. He said he saw Taylor face down on the floor with a gun pointed at him. McLaughlin went back to the bedroom to get a gun. Deputies say the suspect, Clarence Cabreau, kicked open the bedroom door and was shot by McLaughlin. Soon after, authorities and medics arrived on the scene, and Cabreau was taken to Cape Fear Valley Health Systems before being airlifted to UNC Hospital, where he is being treated. And that was Fayetteville, North Carolina. For this last story, let's go to Tacoma, Washington, where two convicted in a Lakewood home invasion where a homeowner fatally shot the third robber. Two young men were convicted Wednesday of several charges for a 2014 home invasion robbery where an accomplice was shot by the Lakewood homeowner and later died. It was on November eighteenth, 2014, when three men knocked on a door at a Lakewood home in the Briar Road Southwest area. When the man answered, the three barged their way into the home, tied up the man and his wife, and ransacked the home. They kept on saying, where's your weed, where's your money, and where's your gold? Victim Harry Laudholm told Como News during the interview after the attack. We don't have any of those things. When the robbers went outside, the husband was able to free himself and his wife, lock the front door, and run into the bedroom where he got his own gun from a lockbox. As the robbers were forcing their way back into the home, they fired a shot, prosecutors said, and once they broke back into the home and ran to the bedroom, a lot home fired at them, hitting Tejan Voorhees with two bullets. The robbers ran from the house and drove off, with the wounded Voorhees in tow. Prosecutors said the robbers spent a considerable amount of time driving around as Voorhees lay dying. Eventually, police found Voorhees' body dumped in a Federal Way apartment lot. The morning after the robbery, officers arrested one of their suspects, Dupre R. Wilson, now 20, on an unrelated charge. It wasn't until they searched him that they found the victim's wedding ring. The investigation eventually led to the arrest of the third suspect, uh, Curado L. Tater, now 18. Taylor and Wilson were convicted Wednesday on charges of manslaughter, robbery, kidnap, and burglary. And the sentencing will be on March 25th. Yeah, that's enough. Woo! I got about four or five more. But I'll save them for the next time. Or maybe I'll post them on the BlackManWithAGun.com website.
1: Get the book that started it all. Black Man With A Gun Reloaded. It's the story of a man who's helped change gun rights in America one heart at a time. It's a primer for the firearms enthusiast. And it's a fun read. It's the story of Ken Blanchard, host of Blanchard Outdoors. Get yours on Amazon.com or on the website
0: at BlanchardOutdoors.com Just go to Amazon.com and get your copy today. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you for listening, downloading and supporting the Black Man with a Gun show. Join my friends list on the website or send me an email to blackmanwithagun at gmail.com If you like what you heard, have a comment, a critique, or want to reach me, Our contact information is there. If there's anything I can do for you, call me. And just in case nobody has told you today, I love you and there's not a darn thing you can do about it. Would you stand up and walk out on me? Lend me your ears, and I'll sing you a song. And I'll try not to sing out of key. Oh, but I get by with a little help from you. This is your friend and brother from another mother, Ken Blanchard. Shalom, baby.
2: What's a dazzling urbanite like you doing in a rustic setting like this?